The Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus put before the crowds another parable. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to someone who sowed good seed in his field. But while everybody was asleep, an enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and then went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared as well. And the slaves of the householder came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where then did these weeds come from? He answered, An enemy has done this. The slaves said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them? But he replied, No, for in gathering the weeds you would uproot the wheat along with them. Let both of them grow together until the harvest, and at harvest time I will tell the reapers, Collect the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. Then he left the crowds and went into the house, and his disciples approached him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field. He answered, The one who sows the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world. And the good seed are the children of the kingdom. The weeds are the children of the evil one. And the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are the angels. Just as the weeds are collected and burned up with the fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will collect out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all evildoers. And they will throw them into the furnace of fire, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Let anyone with ears listen. This July, we're on a bit of a parable kick. So last week, we read the parable of the sower, where the sower planted seed in all types of different soil. And next week, just wait there will be like five parables squished into one passage. And each parable is meant to reveal something about God's kingdom. Each a teaching story that helps us take the stuff of this world, stuff we can see and taste and feel and touch, and reflect on God's heavenly kingdom, which is so much harder for us to grasp to wrap our minds around and to feel it in our hearts. And so we reflect on parables, these teaching stories, hoping to learn about God and what God is doing and our part in all of it. In today's parable, we heard a story of wheat and weeds. A field was planted, and at first it was all good stuff. All of its seeds that would grow into wheat, a good, nutritious plant that results in food. But then something happens. No one is watching the field in the middle of the night, because why would you babysit a field in the middle of the night? And an enemy plants what doesn't belong. Now the field is no longer just wheat. It's wheat and something else. It's a mix of good and bad, yummy and yucky, helpful and harmful. The people who work the field, realizing what has happened, they want to restore the field to its original goodness. 
and rid the fields of anything that isn't wheat. And then they'll, they'll be back on track, right? Growing just the good, yummy, helpful, nutritious stuff. But there's a problem. The bad seed that was sown, the weeds that are now also in the field, look so much like wheat in these beginning stages that it's hard to tell what's wheat and what's weed, what's good and what's bad. I've heard from our Emmanuel gardeners that in the beginning stages of the growing season, it can be tough to tell good plants from weeds. That in those very first few leaves, while everything is still a seedling, unless you have that well-trained expert eye, it's hard to know what to pull and what to keep. Even if you're not a gardener, in life we naturally sort a lot of stuff into good and bad, what we like and what we don't like, into wheat and weeds, books, movies, the food we eat, vacation spots. But what if we judged everything by its very beginning? Like, what if you only read the first page of a book or only watched the first few minutes of a movie, took just one bite of your meal while it was still too hot to taste, or judged an entire vacation just from the rainy drive to the hotel? Some of these snap judgments, at least by your personal taste, would be correct, but a lot would be wrong, too probably just as often as getting it right. We would dismiss so many good things that looked like weeds at first, before they had the chance to grow into wheat, before giving it the chance to get good. And we'd miss out on some really good stuff. Now, in the parable, when the workers present the problem of the weeds to the owner, the owner says to wait. Uprooting the weeds is going to hurt the wheat anyway. Just keep caring for the fields, letting the weeds and the wheat grow together. Actually, the owner takes this problem of sorting out of their hands entirely. When it comes time to make the call to separate the good and the bad, it'll be the job for those who collect the harvest. And by then, it will be obvious. So the workers who wanted to get to work fixing the field and extracting the bad and keeping the good, restoring everything back to when it was all good, are told not to. They're told to not waste their energy because it will do more harm than good. Instead, their job is to nurture both wheat and weed alike, to care for both until the harvest. So if we are the workers, we are simply to care for the world. We are to love the people around us, caring for who we perceive to be good and bad alike until Jesus returns. And any judgment of others belongs to God alone. But why is that? Because surely we're taught right from wrong, good from bad, for a reason. And we can and we should use this knowledge, but it's to look at ourselves, to repent for all the times we've strayed from God's will for us, 
But when it comes to judging others, we can't be sure. And since we can't be sure, we can't be good judges. I remember from my own school days, this is kind of a long time ago, so hopefully things have changed, but I remember how quickly and early we were sorted into good kids and bad kids. I mean, no one used that language, but they didn't have to. We were either determined to be gifted and talented by some standardized test or not which I guess made everyone else without gifts or talent, unintelligent, lazy, troublemakers, all sorts of labels. And again, no one ever used that language, but they didn't have to. The kids with promise and potential were given more. Specialized reading programs and extra computer time, all so we could grow into our best selves. And once labeled, It seemed like all your behavior was interpreted in the best light. Being social meant you were a natural leader. If you were quiet, you were a good listener. All the smart kids knew that they were special with very bright futures because we were told all the time. But the kids who were late bloomers, a little more energetic, a little slower to find their gift, who didn't test well, or who found it hard to focus on one thing, were left out. They were given fewer opportunities for development and growth. And some of the same behaviors were interpreted in the worst light. Now being social was being seen as disruptive. Being quiet meant not being engaged. It always felt to me, even as one of the kids labeled good and smart, that the system wasn't fair. That the labels put on us early on were really what determined the outcome of our successes more than anything else. If you treat someone like a nuisance weed, they'll become one. What if All of us had had the same opportunities, the same attention, the same positive regard in school. Each of us recognized for our own unique gifts and talents, and then these unique gifts and talents had been nurtured. We were all good kids. We all had potential to grow with the right encouragement. What's true of children is true of people of any age. We are all works in progress. And most of us wouldn't want to be judged by our earliest chapters, by our worst days, while we're still trying to make up our minds on an issue or during our moments of exhaustion or grief or the times when what we needed most was help. We all have moments when we could be mistaken for weeds. And any judging or labeling done by us, the workers, is judgment made too soon. Judgment happens at the harvest, and it belongs to God alone. Parables are tricky, because at a certain point, the metaphor that we're playing with, it just falls short. In actual farming, the seed determines 
from the start what kind of plant you're going to get. Weeds do not become wheat, nor is the opposite true. But this parable is about people and how we are to care for the world until the day when Jesus returns. And people can change. That's like one of the main points of the gospel, right? The radical transformation that happens when we experience the overwhelming love and grace of God. If we try to separate people into good and bad, right and wrong, who's in and who's out, we will be wrong. And we'll hurt people. People who are still growing, people who are still in the process of becoming who they're supposed to be. Our energies and our efforts are better spent doing the work that God has called us to. We're called to care for the whole field, to nurture wheat and weed alike, to show love to the people who are easy to love, but also to the people who are much harder to love the people we disagree with. And maybe if we nurture everyone, consider everyone wheat, tell everyone that they are good and loved and worthy, that's who they'll grow to be. And by caring for the whole field, loving all people without distinction, telling everyone that they are created in God's image, encouraging others, and nurturing good wherever we find it, maybe that's who we'll grow to be, too. Amen.